Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 173 of Top Rope Nation. This is take two. We had to do the intro twice, some technical difficulties. My name's Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com. Usually I'm pretty professional doing these podcasts. Like I said, it's episode 193. We should have this figured out by now, but we're finally ready to talk about the 2021 edition of the WWE Royal Rumble. And Kyle Ross, my usual sidekick, he's ready to talk all things professional wrestling tonight. Kyle, what's going on tonight? Hey, what, man? Pretty soon we might have to be doing these things like a cinematic match. Tape them ahead of of time, man. (laughs) Hey, that's how we used to do it. We upgraded this live thing about a year ago. uh, Shoot. Well, hey, Colin, who we have on the line, who I will introduce in just a minute. Sorry about that. It's embarrassing. Well, we'll get it together for the rest no of the program. <laughs> so he, was, he, he was stone-faced the whole time. I don't think he gave a fuck. <laughs> well, let me just introduce the man right now. So joining us for the very first time here on Top Rope Nation, you would know him from WrestleZone.com, where he does a SmackDown podcast. He does a Ring of Honor podcast. He's also an editor over at SportsKita, well-versed in the world of professional wrestling. Mr. Colin Tessier, welcome to Top Rope Nation. Thank you, Ryan. I'm very glad to be here. It's been, like, I, lo- I love the show and just very honored to be joining you guys, especially for the Royal Rumble. It's a big show, obviously. Uh, and this year is one, it was special. And uh, I know that some of our uh, some of us have different feelings on it. I'm excited to get into it. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to talk about it. Well, I'm glad to you know hear you're a fan of the show and everything. And now your uh, your thoughts on the show are probably shot after that intro got screwed <laughs> up. But uh, hopefully, we can win your trust back here. <laughs> Derek Strapel joining us tonight. He's a longtime listener, longtime supporter of this program. I mean, since the early days, probably 2016 or so. Derek, the host of the Rebooking the Roles podcast, which you guys should all check out. And uh, I believe Derek's last appearance on Top Rope Nation would have been last spring when he joined us for one of our Patreon bonus shows. When we looked back at an, uh, an old wrestling match, the empty arena match between Jerry Lawler 
and Terry Funk from Memphis Professional Wrestling. Derek, welcome back to Top Rope Nation. Thank you. I used this joke earlier, and I'll use it again. I wish I could be as yoked as Carlito did when he returned to the WWE. Good Lord, man. That dude looked jacked up and ready to go. Looked great. He, Yeah, he has never been that big. No, <laughs> no, no. He looked... I don't know. I, I can't describe just how impressed I was with his overall physique. Agreed. So, one of... <laughs> I want to somehow like make a Chris Masters joke, but I'm like oh. not like being able to make the connection because you know I just whenever I think of Carlito, I think of Chris Masters, just that whole era. If and, if he uh, would have done the Chris Masters entrance when he came out, I would have just oh, fallen on my man, floor in a cold sweat. That's that what he should have done. I'll tell you what, I that's one of the good. great entrances of all time. This business misses the Master Lock Challenge. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> and if you disagree, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So. One of the things we do here on our pay-per-view post shows, if you've never joined us before, is we take it around the horn, give the show uh, the old A through F scale, give it a grade. Uh, what do we think of the show top to bottom tonight? And um, sometimes I go first, sometimes I go last. I'm going to take it first tonight. Never and, in the uh, middle. Nope. <laughs> nope. I either shock you at the beginning or I wait and see what Kyle and Justin say, and then I just try to agree with them to avoid conflict. But tonight... <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to start a little conflict tonight based on our off-air conversation. But, you know, I'll be honest. I'll give the show a B minus. B minus. Kyle's face says it all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, let me just let me preface it with this, Kyle. I can't often get my kids to watch wrestling with me. Uh, number one, because old... I don't think my wife likes it very much. Okay. And number two, honestly, they're usually not very interested. And my oldest daughter loves Becky Lynch. And I told her she's probably not going to be on there, but there's a, like a small chance Becky Lynch could be on there tonight. So my my oldest daughter watched the Royal Rumble, the Women's Rumble, the whole thing. Kyle, we'll get your thoughts on that match here in a little bit. And she was so amped up during that whole thing. So to see like the joy in her, that kind of made the show a success for me. But what about the fact that Becky Lynch didn't show up? <laughs> I told her, you know, I told her throughout. I didn't think she was going to, so I told her throughout. She's probably not going to be on here, Eden. But you know, just so you know, you know, she liked. Actually, she really likes Bianca Belair, so okay. she was happy with with the win. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch are the only two that like really get my kids excited right now well, watching wrestling. I'll, I'll tell you something. WWE is probably very thankful for what's going on in the Drosty household that you are already <laughs> managing your young children's expectations of their product at such a young, <laughs> yeah. you know, small age. <laughs> Grooming them, right? Yes. Oh, that's the way they like it. Yeah, you probably won't be too excited when this is over. <laughs> I'm going to go to Kyle last. Yes. <laughs> Derek, great at A through F. What do you got? And uh, if you're in the chat, by the way, let us know your thoughts as well. Go ahead, Derek. You know, so, yeah, I'm kind of a lapsed WWE fan at this point. So tuning in without knowing a lot of the major storylines going on, all of that stuff, I'll give it a B. I was entertained by this show. Okay. Oh, yes. I got wide eyes from Kyle on my first take of the show. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Aaron in the chat gives the show a C plus. Aaron usually joins us. Uh, also a patron of the show. So thank you, thank Aaron, you Aaron, very much for your support. All right, Colin, the newcomer here. On top rope nation, what do you give? What do you give the show tonight, Colin? This show is so hard to grade, and I kept thinking about it, the this question the whole time I was watching because, especially for the rumble matches, every single surprise entrant, every return, every debut, everything 
um, that usually would be such a big moment really fell flat in a lot of ways, whether it was uh, some of the cameos in the women's match, you know, some of the legends coming back for the men's match, um, even the NXT, like, I guess you could say call ups if they are, if that's what they are for Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. Um, they all just lacked that crowd reaction that in years past would have really made those moments feel very special. Um, and especially I felt that when Bianca won and obviously Edge winning would have been a huge moment. And, and, and they both still are. But to not have actual chance uh, and for, like real people in the arena, uh, it really did kind of sour the show in a way. I still enjoy it a lot. And so my, my instinctual answer is to go B plus because I really did enjoy it. But and that may seem high, but I just feel and I, I'm admittedly biased when after a show. I, if I'm if I leave it feeling pretty good, my grade will be higher. So being ha very very happy about Bianca and being fairly happy about Edge, I'll I'll go for a B plus with a, with an asterisk. All right, Kyle, your thoughts. Take it away. C minus, and I could probably be talked into lower. I Ooh, thought lower. Wow. I thought that at best this was a boring show. Ouch. How <laughs> I, much? I, I, I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, as it was revealed in our Facebook group, I did pick the winners. Um, certainly the women's winner was the correct choice. Um, I don't think any of the booking was bad, but it, it just. Whew, we'll talk about these rumbles, man. Uh, you know, Ryan, we've talked a lot about rumble history on this podcast in the last couple of weeks, haven't we? Yes. And remember what one of, uh, you know, we, uh, we had this discussion, what makes you, you know, what do you look for in a rumble? And I made what I think is, you know, just a pretty simple comment, but um, I just want to be entertained for 60 minutes. <laughs> and I can't say either of these even came close to that. And when, you know, two matches take up such a bulk of the show and I was pretty, then I'll be blunt. I was pretty bored of tears <laughs> through both of them. Um, I just, I can't go higher than a C minus. Like I said, the booking, I guess, you know, for a WWE show was, was pretty straightforward. Uh, nothing bad in that regard, but I, I just thought, I don't know, man. Well, so I'm not excited at all coming off that show. My question for you is if would having a live crowd there have helped with certain reactions? No, not really. Okay. I, I mean, to, to a certain degree, maybe, but you know, I am not as big on the NXT call-ups being put in that strong position when they haven't been established on Raw and SmackDown. Like, mm -hmm. it's great if you follow NXT, but what about the two-thirds of the people who kind of don't? And sure. I think to those people, it's probably kind of weird. So, yeah. like, here, Michael, go, go, ooh, one of the real stars of NXT, and you have, those, you have no emotional connection to that person. Yeah. I just think that's an odd way of doing things. I, I get that we're just kind of down to the hardcores with the WWE audience at this point, but, you know, even with Rhea Ripley, who's, you know, been on a WrestleMania, if you're someone who doesn't watch NXT, what an odd story arc it's been with yeah. her in yeah. the main roster. It's yeah. true. Um, so I was watching uh, the men's rumble with a bunch of friends of mine on a Zoom call, and... You know, it kind of, I think in my eyes, made the rumble a little better because there were reactions there that I was hearing personally. And I guess that maybe have added to my enjoyment talking about it in real time and like, oh, look, it's Carlito. That's badass, you know. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's just me. Maybe <laughs> that's why I was a little more entertained. It's kind of funny because I also was actually on a Zoom call with some buddies and 
not one of the liveliest Zoom calls I've ever participated <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I mean, I mean, lot lot of dudes just sort of like, yep, yep. Hmm. It, I mean, it definitely can make a difference who you're watching the show with. Like I said, yeah. with my kids, you know, seeing it through their eyes, definitely. If I was watching it in my basement by myself, which is the usual <laughs> pro wrestling, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. And still, I only gave it a B minus. But I mean, there was there was parts that I, I was definitely entertained overall by the show tonight. So uh, as far as our listeners go, I'm looking at our poll. You can find us on Twitter at Top Rope Nation. And as of right now, the poll is 169 votes and 41.4% give the show an A, 43.8 a B. So about 85% are give it an A or a B, uh, about 12% a C and 3% a D or F. Kyle's got them Homer Simpson eyes going on over there. I'm I'm, going to tell you something, man. Mark Calloway, if you're listening, and I know you are, you are right. This generation's soft, man. (laughs) <laughs> Too pretty. <laughs> um, Chris in our live chat says, piped-in reactions are terrible. They need live crowds. I think we're all pining for those live crowds for sure. And, uh, I mean, I do think it's a lot better than when they're at the Performance Center. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the shows feel so much better than the Thunderdome. But it, you can't compare it to, like, what they had at Houston yeah. no. last year. You know, you see I those really clips noticed... from the Rumble just a year ago. Yeah. I, I so... really noticed the piped-in crowds... Um... The timing was really off, like in the men's yeah. match. I think it was near the end. It was um, Riddle and Daniel Bryan got a This Is Awesome chant. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. No, no, it's not. Like, what, what are we doing here? And um, that I don't like. like yeah. No, I just, it, that, it was just so glaring. And like, I appreciate, like, it's better than nothing. I, I think that's fair. Like, if this, if this was an empty arena show completely, it would I, I, my grade would not be a B. Plus. At, least, at least with some fake atmosphere you had some of that energy but no i I definitely noticed that tonight and again that's why it is so hard to kind of rate this show because there's what actually happened and then like there's the the energy or lack thereof in the arena itself yeah hey what's the site you um usually promote for betting on pro wrestling ryan uh bet online how many people were so upset because orton and edge got flip-flopped because apparently they was announced yes. Orton was one, Edge was two, and that yep. screwed up a lot of, I'm sure, pulls out there. Like my Dude. buddy Jonathan, at one point, he said, at one point in this match, I had Edge and Damian Priest, and I won, you assholes. Well, yeah, last last night they reviewed, like there's even a graphic on the WWE Twitter page that Randy Orton was number one, Edge was number two. I wrote up an article on comic book for it, and that's not how they came out. No, yeah. So So it's funny when that happened, I just assumed I'd read it wrong. Like, and then Justin joined. Justin, what's up? I know you're out there, buddy. We love you. Uh, You know, he sent a text. He's like, WWE can't even get their announced, you know, first two entries right. I was like, my God, they did screw that up. But I don't think it hurt either Rumble to have announced entries. No. No, no I mean, you know, Natty, you know, <laughs> coming out at number 30 ain't going to freaking, you know, get me fired up. I don't care what number they announce her at. But, um, you know, I, I didn't think that was a real detriment. I know some people uh, were in a pickle during the week when they said, oh, we're going to announce one and two in the men's match. And they're, they're like, oh, they're ruining the surprises. Fuck it, motherfucker, there's 30 people in both matches. You know, and they've, that's been a storyline in the past, too, where, you know, wrestlers would want to be like Chris Jericho one year wanted to be one or two or, you know. And I love that, by the way. That's a great yeah. reference by Derek out of the Memphis booking office right there. Boom. Yeah. I, remember that's what why they brought did? him in. Remember what they did that? He, like, um, 
had Christian do his entrance and he suckered Michaels from behind and just beat the dog yep. shit out of him and tossed him. That was great. Yeah. Yes. Great start to a rubble. Now people would complain that they, you know, they didn't get to like trade offense for 10 minutes. Yeah. Great. <laughs> hey, if you guys have never watched the show before, if you're here on YouTube, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast version after the fact, we do stream our pay-per-view shows live on our YouTube channel every month. So uh, check out youtube.com slash top rope nation. If you are here right now and you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button down below. There will be an animation that will pop up on the video that is pretty cool. So do that. We'd love to have your support. Uh, all of our links are down in this, the description of the video. You can find our Patreon page. You can find the links to our podcast. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. And of course, we are members of the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. Check out bluewirepods.com for all of your podcasting needs. And fellas, I also put out a poll on our Twitter account. Again, it's at Top Rope Nation on Match of the Night. A few less votes on that one, about 120 votes. And winning it right now, 40%, the Roman Reigns-Kevin Owens match. And coming in number two, Kyle, the Women's Royal Rumble, 32% of the vote. <laughs> then the Men's Royal Rumble, 26.5%. Other, 1.7%. Um, Dude, I, I watched a different show tonight. <laughs> I, I'm just going to come out and say, I, I, did, was I supposed to watch the 2021 Royal Rumble for this podcast tonight, Ryan Drossi? Yes. That was on the main feed. Yes. So when you went to WWE Network, the award-winning <laughs> WWE Network, which was broadcasted from the award-winning Thunderdome, by the way. I've, I've never seen the, the Thunderdome. How, what, what award? award? Did it win? What award could it have been up for? <laughs> Best video crowd? I, I don't understand that. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I clicked watch live and I watched it. Is that the show I was supposed to watch? <laughs> Believe I, it or not. I, I'm confused because, man, oh, man, I can't wait for the Dirty Diaper Club to come after me when I tell you what I thought the match of the night was. Well, I, I got to tell you. Kyle, you know, you people used to call you a WWE apologist, and you're really you. on that. That was <laughs> you, wasn't it? That was no. you that said that. In. It was not. It was not. Oh, that was you. It was not. This was an email years ago when we first started the podcast. They're like, you know, that Kyle Ross guy, he's way too easy on WWE. He's, he's an apologist. Not anymore. Not, not the last couple of months, tell you that much. Uh, no, months, he, we, we call it like back. we see it. As Kyle says, we're objective. We'll try it sometime, folks. It's fun. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, the big story is Edge winning the Royal Rumble. Obviously, the men's Rumble at the end of the night. Uh, that's that's first and foremost, I think, in most people's minds as this show ends. Not just because it was the main event, but that's like the biggest story coming out of this with, I guess, Bianca Belair, too. But, uh, you know, Edge, who has wrestled, what, four matches in the last nearly 10 years um, to go bell to bell? Pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Now, Daniel Bryant was the odds-on favorite to win the Rumble going in by places like Bet Online, but Edge was number two in the betting odds as of yesterday. So it wasn't completely unexpected. So I'm curious what you three men think about Edge winning the Rumble, you know, at this point as the uh, the grizzled veteran coming back off in an injury. And if you're in our chat room, let us know, I'll read your comments on the air, what you thought about Edge winning the Royal Rumble. Uh, but Colin, you, you know, you're the new guest on Top Rope Nation. Let me throw it to you first. What did you make of Edge winning? I mean, it's so bittersweet in every way in my mind because they announced their return ahead of time, so it wasn't a surprise. There wasn't a crowd, a live crowd, so there wasn't any 
you know, fan actual like actual fan reaction anyway. Um, and then I've I've once they announced the the return on Monday, and he pretty much in my eyes became a favorite to win, at least one of the favorites. Um, I immediately it's bittersweet because you think, okay, they've got this cool story where you know Edge, as you as you said, Ryan, the grizzled veteran, the the hero coming back, chasing the title he never lost. Very nice story there. Um, kind of writes itself, which is great. You know, hard to screw it up. But um, at the same time, you imagine if he faces Roman Reigns, I don't see him winning. So, and a lot that's gonna be that's so crushing. Like as as a fan who really roots for Edge and wants to see him succeed and feels so connected to him, you want to see him win. But at the same time, if he did beat Roman, that'd be awful for Roman. But then if Edge loses, then that's crushing too. It's such a very it's so complicated not to you know give a cop out answer like i'm i was happy he won but at the same time i don't know how i'm going to feel a few months from now like especially if you think beyond wrestlemania like if this is kind of a short-term story uh where are we going to be call it six months from now you know what kind of what was the point in a way if it's if it's just a lost roman like i don't know how much that really helps edge in a way i don't I don't know. I'm I'm here for the ride. I'm excited to see how they do it. I don't see him facing Drew McIntyre. Uh, I think Roman's a much more natural story. I'm curious to see what you guys think about it, but that's kind of where I come off on it. Yeah, we talked about that um, last week on the show, or was it two weeks ago? I can't remember. It was, it was last week at the end of the Patreon. That's show. right. We did a Patreon bonus show where we looked at Royal Rumble 2005, and you can find a much a t- better show than tonight. <laughs> Fight me <laughs> if you want to hear a preview of that show and kind of you know get a taste of what we do over on our Patreon bonus shows. Uh, it's available on the podcast feed. Check it out. There's 20 minutes of that show. The whole thing was two hours. Really fun time. Uh, but yeah, we talked about it at the end. And we talked about the possibility of Edge winning. And I think it was you, Kyle. You talked about how, you know, he probably would challenge Roman because it wouldn't make a lot of sense to have him go after Drew. But maybe they will. And I brought up the fact that, you know, he's he did that promo on Raw where he talked about how, you know, he wanted to get his title back. He never actually lost it, which I think is the big draw with the storyline. Obviously, that wasn't the universal title, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know which direction they go. But uh, Roman makes the most sense. I feel like they can make this pretty compelling television because he is, you know, this guy who's come back off an injury at the end of his career. He's, he's, you know, crawling and scratching, trying to get a championship back. The old man, you know, like I think that's some pretty compelling week to week television they could do for the next two months, depending on how it's if you have the faith in them. Kyle to uh to put together good television and I'm not sure that I do either but it's out there right and you know I like Edge a lot as a wrestler and I liked seeing him return it sucks that he hasn't had a crowd there for any of it except the Rumble last year but I'm I think if Brian wasn't going to win it I think it's the best option right now Keith Lee wasn't even in the match uh Big E's the Intercontinental Champion so I didn't really see him going that route and other than that there's really no one else I even wanted to see win so I'm I'm fine with it Kyle what do you think I was going to say, just piggybacking off what you were saying a moment ago, and Colin as well, uh, Edge versus Roman in terms of the traditional babyface versus heel dynamic is clearly there, right? The story is right. Like with Roman, the great character work he's been doing on a week-to-week basis on SmackDown, Edge, what he brings to the table. You guys both referenced the promo. I think I texted you, Ryan, um, and Justin as well. You know, right when that promo was done, I was like, I think we've got our winner of the Rumble. I mean, that was the first time in the build of the Rumble that I was even remotely excited about the match. Yeah. Um, personally, that, that was just me. Um, with Daniel Bryan, here's the reason I picked Edge in, in our little uh, you know game we do uh, for the podcast. 
I was just not convinced that the higher ups were sold on Daniel Bryan being in either title match right now. I feel like in their eyes, it's something that they can just do down the line via an elimination chamber. We can talk about this maybe, you know, tonight and certainly moving forward in the weeks to come. But if you want edge in a world title match at WrestleMania, there was really no other way other than him winning the rumble. In my opinion. Well, to be fair, Goldberg showed up on Legends Night and just, you know, cut a nonsensical promo and, and shoved Drew and set that up. And granted, I think that could be said for either Edge and or Dana Bryan at this point. They both are of that status, essentially, especially Edge. You know, Daniel is still an active competitor. Edge could have come back uh, in theory. But I think having a Royal Rumble win sets it up that sets that matchup in a stronger way because then, yeah, then he, then he like organically has it rather than just kind of shoehorning it in saying well i'm a legend i want to face you i think this is a better story yeah and doing it after goldberg you're right it was it was silly i think everyone's agreement with the way they built the goldberg drew match was just i mean paint i don't even know what the term is just really scraping the bottom of the barrel booking wise but um engine drew if you did do that match and, I, and i'm gonna because i want to stick with this what do you do? Like, what's going to the storyline? Is it just going to be all about Edge and this redemption thing? And because I don't think that's going to do Drew any favors as your full time top baby face. I want to say I did not see how they could do this match until, uh, not to plug myself, this past Saturday on my podcast. Uh, my <laughs> plug away. Robert, that's what we do. Plug here. away. Yeah. Put, Put yourself over. over. Put yourself over. <laughs> <laughs> my co host, the wonderful Robert E. Felice, pitched a story where instead of focusing on Edge and his redemption story, they could spin it so that basically Edge could say, you know, I was here the first time you were, and I saw you screw it up. And so I'm not buying this Drew McIntyre redemption story where you're the champion, you're the good guy now. And Edge could say, I've made event WrestleMania, you haven't. So come April, you know, I, I, the ball's in my court. I'm, you know, I'm the main event player. I'm the proven guy. You're not. And obviously tonight, uh, Drew beat Goldberg. So he has a big notch on his belt after that. But in a more general sense, that could be, a way to do that story, although I'll still maintain that I think Edge and uh, Roman would be a more organic and natural story at this point. I think that could be an option. I want to bring Derek in. Would you be more likely to put Edge over Drew or Roman or neither? Um. So without really knowing what's been going on, I would say actually neither. I think both champions are really in good spots and kind of need to stay where they are for where the company is right now. If it was a live show, like, well, I guess is mania there's, they're planning on folks actually being at mania this year. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe you get the reaction of an edge getting one over on Roman reigns. I mean, for the sake of the wrestlers though, I think you neither needs to go over on edge. You do have two strong champions. Now, that's one thing we are consistent about on this program. If there is one positive to point to in 2021 uh, WWE, each brand is a very strong champion. Yes, agree. Yeah. So, and and yeah, when you ahead. bring up Goldberg, Ryan Huffman in your chat, Ryan has said, "Poor show." Watching Goldberg continues to make my eyes bleed. Man, <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait till I go on you guys, man. WWE <laughs> hasn't done much to push new stars. Final 10 guys could have been the final 10 guys five years ago. Yes, let's talk. Uh, let's go back further. What did I text you, Ryan, when we were watching the match? 
six of the eight guys, this was around number 24-ish. It was definitely the back third of the men's rumble match. Six of the eight guys that were in the ring were in the company in 2011. Yeah. Wow. Imagine Mm -hmm. if like in 2001, you would have said that six of the eight guys were in the company in 91. That would have been like the most preposterous thing you've ever heard. And I get that the business has changed, but like you've got the biggest roster in history. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I love Christian for the record. Great to see him. Love, I like him better than Edge. What do you got to say about that? You know, like Christian, take- like as a wrestler? Yes. Yeah, I mean, just between the ropes. Yeah, I like the overall presentation of Edge a little bit better. Well, but he's always I- been presented as the bigger star. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think Edge is i know he's captain charisma but i do think edge is a little bit more the total package uh but as far as just just ring work i could definitely make that argument for sure you know you could have done in this royal rumble you could have not had someone like a hurricane helms in there you know i like comedy spots but total waste and now he he was like a late entrant too like in the late 20s wasn't he yeah yeah i mean if you're gonna bring back quote-unquote legends, what are we doing bringing back mid-carters from 2005? I mean, God bless Carlito. He looked great, okay? I'm never going to look that good with my shirt off, okay? I'll admit it right now. Prove it. Take it off. But Let's see it. Do we really this need to see pop that the viewers now. That's for that new $10 patron uh, <laughs> yes. tier, by the way. New tier. Uh, uh, I mean, what are we doing? I mean, you know those guys have zero chance to win. So unless they do right. something that's really memorable or exciting, Why? Yeah. But well, anyway, we went back. I mean, there was like Sheamus was in there late. Um, I mean, even Daniel Bryan, as much as I love him. I mean, you know, he was just getting going around that period. I can't remember the exact six were in there, but I, I was just like, my God. And that wasn't even including Orton, who was ducked out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I wonder if, you know, someone that was brought in specifically to replace Keith Lee, like, hey, Hurricane, you uh, can you get off your couch, yeah. put on the mask and get in here real quick? Because. I, I feel he's done a cameo kind of recently, didn't he? Like in he, he did AEW last AEW, year. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but no, I mean like in a rumble. Like he was in a, a rumble yeah, in recent years. No, it was a couple years ago, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the one Nakamura one, perhaps. Mm-hmm. That sounds yeah. right. I don't. I didn't think the. Uh, I didn't think the. The surprises were very good. Now, yeah. Like Rollins well, was very predictable. I think almost everyone expected Rollins to be in. He was announced to be on SmackDown weeks ago, and then they yep. didn't do it. So it's like, all right, he's definitely going to be in the Royal Rumble. So. I was kind of hoping he would come back with the old theme and just get. Rid I was of the so disappointed stuff. when he yeah. came back. Just the exact same. I was like, oh. And then when he made Daniel Bryan, I, I've never really liked Seth Rollins, especially as a heel. And so the fact he came back hey, the same. Colin, and then, come on the show anytime, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I okay. I, I did. I, I don't like Seth. Like to begin with, I really didn't like him as a babyface. I was mixed on him as a heel of the Messiah thing. And then to come back the exact same, very disappointing and very, very not uh, not surprising at all. And the fact that he eliminated my my guy, Daniel Bryan, I literally thought this man is the worst. I was, I was ready to yeah. turn the show off. I was so upset. Man. I was like, oh, a miss, missed opportunity to like, even if it's not a, a, a wholesale change, do something different with him. Like he had been very stale by the time he left in November and then he literally same song and dance and i'm like all right you know what's yeah. crazy is that music played and i was like who is this yeah that's uh, <laughs> how i was but i haven't seen him since he'd been doing the messiah gimmick yeah it's oh. not great not yeah. great you know just because his name got mentioned and i don't want to let this slip through the cracks um college talked about daniel bryan and i 
mentioned, I wasn't really sold on WWE being sold on him in one of these main event slots just yet. This is what makes me think that we may not be getting Edge Reigns is you look at the SmackDown roster, and Ryan, I believe you cover that show every week, do you not? I do. Okay. I can see them determining that contender via an Elimination Chamber match. Because remember, we've got that coming up, and there's got to be some stakes for that. And you've got your Daniel Bryans, your Nakamura's. By the way, he was thrown out in real ho-hum fashion tonight. You know, so I don't. I don't know if you know so much. After for that. all that build and the yeah. you know, the promo he cut and oh, yeah, no, just kind of throw whatever. And by the way, I've got a word on just eliminations in general when we get to the women's rumble because I I, I kind of want to paint bro uh, rumble with a broad stroke. <laughs> but like you know, Cesaro, Rollins, Big E, you can throw all these folks and have maybe a, a potentially really entertaining elimination chamber um, contest. But it would be all SmackDown guys, and at that point, it would almost have to be to go on to face Roman if you did that. I, I don't know what if if Edge did take on Roman, I don't know what you do or who you pick out from Raw then to take on McIntyre. Ron? That, that, Maybe. Wasn't that match on the books? It was, and then they didn't do it. So uh, well, it's still there. Yeah, because Braun was, I think, actually legit hurt, right? He, yeah. I mean, that's why he was gone. It was something with his knee, right? I think he Supposedly. Like, yeah. So um it was the TLC pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. They, they were supposed to work. So maybe they go to that, but I mean. Ugh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The options are limited. Really limited. We talk about this a lot. But, you know, this which is, is why they had to bring back Bill Goldberg. Right, Which Kyle? is, yes, which is inexcusable <sighs> that your options are limited when you have a roster of this size. Yes, true. This is the largest roster ever and, and extremely deep when it comes to talent. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, you know, we talk all the time. I don't think there's a ton of stars right now. And that's not the performer's fault. It's the way they're presented. But to not be able to consistently produce fresh matchups when you have this many people under contract is really inexcusable when you think yeah. about it. And I, and I don't use that word lightly. Yeah. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. All right. Well, let's start at the uh, the top of the show and just get some thoughts on uh, all of the matches. So on the pre-show, you had a championship change hands, the women's title, women's tag team titles, I should say. Uh, I only saw this match. I was kind of in and out. We were eating dinner as a family when this was on. You're always eating dinner during the pre-show. I need to contact someone at Stanford and say, you guys are because a dinner. You're East Coast time, man. I mean, this is like five to six. This is like... We were doing the exact same thing. Yeah, he's Central. Yeah, Derek's Central time with me. So CST. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeated Asuka and Charlotte Flair. We got the interference from Rick and Lacey Evans. So... I don't know. I mean, like, from what I was... Give me a live sex celebration, damn it. Oh, God. Oh, my no. God. It's in there now. It's in my head now. No, it's not. Oh, God. It's in the head. Oh, this one was... This was something people were talking about, though, as far as the t- the title change. So it wasn't mm-hmm. too shocking based on the way things have been going. And, you know, we expect to get this Asuka-Charlotte Flair eventually... Charlotte Flair feud eventually. <laughs> uh, for any of you that saw this match, Bell to Bell, any thoughts on it? I happened to catch all of it. Um, 
All right, this, the problem is this is the Raw Woman's Champion we're talking about, and she's been in, she's been in her own feud with Alexa Bliss, which has been I've enjoyed that a lot. And then you've got on the other hand this feud between Charlotte and Lacey, which has been very divisive. And now to have this title match, it would have made more sense in my eyes to say, okay, we're gonna do uh, Flair and Lasca versus Royce and Lacey Evans, and then you've got that more natural story. And then if you want to, I mean, it would be a little more surprising because they haven't been built up that much. But to have this match kind of thrown together on this kickoff show, and then to have Lacey come out, I mean, I, I saw a lot of comments that it was overbooked, and I think that's fair to say. And I this isn't necessarily a hot shot of a title but they just won it at tlc and now you're already kind of making that change and it just feels kind of if not unnecessary then pointless maybe just to kind of do that when you know i think we're we're well past the point of expiration for naya jackson Shayna baszler as a team and then we saw them you know i think naya eliminated Shayna in the rumble match so then that doesn't make any sense considering <laughs> what we just saw on the same show. So I don't know. I wasn't really a fan of it. Um, and then if you're going to go in the direction of the natural direction of having show and Oscar feud, surely you'd want to show some hint that that's coming rather. And they've like very, very, very slowly done mm. that. But to go from zero to 60 with this title loss, supposedly, I don't, I don't know that I agree with it. So you're saying the long-term booking here has been less than stellar. You don't have a lot less of than faith. stellar. Less than stellar. <laughs> it's going to be done well in the long term. Yeah, I would agree. I would 100 percent agree. Uh, anyone else have thoughts on that pre-show match? Uh, Colin pretty much hit the key points. Like yeah. Yeah, there was no tension whatsoever. I mean, it's been real minimal between Charlotte and Oscar. You think if that was a WrestleMania direction, like you would think that's the reason they put the team together in the first mm. place, right? It's like okay. We're going to put them together so they can eventually feud, and you know we can go back to that match they had in New Orleans, which was a terrible booking decision. Uh, while we're talking about those, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, there's that. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because they both of them have their separate singles feuds, but then they were just feuding with a random team, and it just makes it seem like, well, we just wanted to do a surprise with Charlotte at the last pay per view to get people talking, and they get a run just to waste time. Um, yeah, just. Uh, the only reason I, I second-guessed my thought that this was going to be a title change was because it was on the pre-show. Yeah. When this was announced for the pre-show, I was like, oh, I guess maybe we're not going to get a title change. And then I, I saw some people said, oh, maybe they're going to change Sasha and uh, Carmella then. So yep. they made the right call in both. Uh, I don't know if the, this was like the right call, but it was sort of predictable based on how WWE books just go yeah. back to the old champions. The only title change on the program. On the pre-show. Royal Thank Rumble, God. Royal Rumble, not known for a lot of major title changes through the years, by the way. Let's have some trivia for you guys later in the show. Oh, all right. All right, and then the show opens with the match that Mr. Huffman had mentioned here in our chat room. By the way, if you're yeah. in the chat, give us a thumbs up on the video. We appreciate that. Uh, Drew McIntyre defending against Goldberg. I think they said kind of... They, they definitely said on the pre-show this was going to open the show. Uh, that kind of surprised me. I actually thought one of yeah. the Rumbles might open the show. But this, w- this opens it up. Yeah. I would have put either the Women's Rumble there or, you know, if it was a live show and you really wanted to get the crowd going, you put Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens in that spot. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I, when I saw it, it, it was three different moves, I think, in that match. And that just... I, I know it's Oldberg and... <laughs> He doesn't really have a repertoire of wrestling moves with him, but this match just kind of 
was just okay spear 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 here's what i'll say so anyone that's listened to this program for a long time knows i'm not super high in bill goldberg <laughs> kyle, kyle smiles uh we <laughs> talked about this when he was brought in to be the challenger kyle really talked about it you know they didn't have a lot of choice it's one of the biggest shows of the year they don't have anyone for drew look we don't even know who they have for him at wrestlemania you know if they're not doing edge so it's a problem that they don't have any challengers for him so i understand why they brought him in uh, do I want to see a 54-year-old man wrestling the WWE champion on pay-per-view? No, no, I don't. But I understand why they did it. So, you know, like Kyle, you were mentioning the 91 to 98 thing earlier. This would be like someone from the mid-70s, you know, wrestling the WWE champion in 98. Someone whose heyday was in the mid-70s. We've talked about this before. That being said... Somebody, I think somebody's like would have loved to see Shawn Michaels uh, wrestle Bruno at yeah. like the 97 Rumble or yeah. something like that. Yeah. That being said... Uh, I do think that they laid this match out about as well as they possibly could because there I mean, you, go. you know, even someone being, you know, plugged into what's going on in the industry and stuff. I was even on the edge of my seat a little bit. Like they're not really going to do this. Are they? They're not going to have Bill Goldberg. And when that's happening, I'm, I'm also saying to myself in my head, this is good, you know, because the way I watch this stuff is like, if, if they have me questioning it, that's well booked. So this was a very well-booked match. It was very brief. Uh, you know, at the very beginning, you had uh, Drew taken out Goldberg, and they didn't start the match right away. And then they go to the outside, and Drew gets speared through the uh, the ringside barrier, and his ribs are hurt. You don't know if he's going to be able to wrestle. And at that point, I'm thinking, like, maybe the match is going to get delayed till later in the show or something. But then Drew's ready to go, and then you start to worry, like, oh, my God, is this the built-in excuse, and Drew's actually going to lose? And they get going, and right away he hits the Claymore kick, and Goldberg kicks out. And then you're like, oh, no. Uh Please don't tell me this is happening. And then Goldberg hits his spears, but Drew kicks out. Goldberg hits an awful-looking jackhammer. (laughs) Luckily, Drew McIntyre is okay. Drew McIntyre kicks out. And eventually, you know, Drew gets the victory. So I like the way it was laid out. I really don't have any complaints about this. No, I'm not a huge fan about having to bring back Bill Goldberg, but I understand the decision and with what they were given, the hand that they were dealt, I thought they did a nice job. Kyle? Go to Colin first. Okay, Colin. I think um, my heart stopped uh, when Goldberg did the jackhammer, not because it was a bad jackhammer. I mean, that's that's a fair (laughs) argument any day, but... um, I I'm I'm you really encapsulated my thoughts on it, Ryan, because I I bought in too. I was I really thought this is happening. Goldberg's gonna win the title, and I'm gonna be really sad. And thankfully, it didn't. Um, because I yeah I I don't like Goldberg as a performer, and especially in 2021. Um, and I just could very clearly see you know this Vince McMahon saying, okay, folks, we're gonna we're gonna look at look to Goldberg again because it's WrestleMania season, and you know he 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 gets viewers and stuff. Um. I thought I thought that's where we were going, and thankfully it's not. And yeah, like they told a good story. The match wasn't going to be a, a technical masterpiece, obviously. Um, and yeah, especially for people that do watch every week, to be able to actually get hooked and be on the edge of your seat and think, "Wow, like they're actually going to do this," and to actually buy in. Um, they 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 told the story well, and it's a great win for Drew. You know, thankfully that kind of shows that. 
WWE does have some faith in him. So I was very, I don't think I've ever been that relieved after a win. Like there, there are plenty of losses where I'm like, wow, I'm so relieved that's over. But yeah. this is the first time I've been so relieved after a win because there, especially during the match, there, there was a solid couple, like two minutes out of the whole, total five where I was like, wow, like Goldberg's going to win here. And thankfully he didn't. So I, I've, I felt very, very thankful after this one myself. Yeah. Kyle. So what I'm hearing here is a lot of people were emotionally invested in a result of a match and the right guy went over. Yes. Yeah. Sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> uh, this was so the you're match. happy. You're uh, happy. Was, you're like, this is an A show after the first match. This was the match of the night. Interesting. Uh, I didn't even put that in the poll because I didn't think people would choose it. So well, that's... guess what? I chose it. And, <laughs> and guess me and the Dominion machine are pushing this to the oh, top. God, okay. No. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, look, say what you will about Bill Goldberg. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, it speaks volumes about the state of the promotion that he's being uh, called back to work in 2021. Okay. I, I said my piece on that two, three weeks ago on this show. But these matches, and, and, <laughs> I will say this. It's funny. We're, we're kind of going from one f- overdone formula to another because this is like the way every Goldberg match has gone. Now we're just like power move, power move, and it's a sprint. But with Goldberg, it's really the only matches that happen in modern WWE where it's got the feel that the finish could come at any moment. And that is a good thing. And this is not a criticism that could only be levied at WWE in modern times. It's really a criticism that could be levied at all promotions in modern times. Certainly New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, would not be exempt from this criticism. There's just, and Ryan, you know this, that how I feel more than anybody here. There's just too many matches in this modern time that you just know it's not going to end for a long time. And some people are like into that. They love when match goes. I am not. I, it loses me when, when, when you just do, especially when the stuff doesn't factor in at the end, you know, when we're working holds for the first 10 minutes and then we're just no selling all the limb work in the last 10, why did you waste my time with that first 10 minutes? Yeah. So I believe, um, say what you will about them. Matches like this are, are very welcome in the year 2021 of our Lord in professional wrestling. <laughs> Derek. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not the biggest Goldberg fan, so I'm already gonna I'm pretty much gonna shit on anything he does anyway. That's just how I am. Um, but you know, I don't know, just seeing power it's like Kyle said, power move, power move, power move, match. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure it got me kinda like I'm like Colin. I was relieved when I saw Drew hit that final Claymore kick and get the one, two, three. And I think I even texted you during the match, like, I'm gonna shit a brick or something if Goldberg wins this. And <laughs> sounds like luckily, pro wrestling wins again to me. Yeah, so I'm right. hearing. Sounds like sounds like the magic of professional wrestling for about ten minutes was alive and hey. well on this show. Hey, look, the WWE apologist is back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard it all yes. now. All right, so I, oh, yeah, you know I, I love you. Good. My card and soul, Kyle. That match, that nice match shirt, certainly, f- certainly figured into my grade for the show. I'd be in, you know, fairly positive on it, I think. And then they go from that to um, the Sasha Carmella match. You know, obviously they had wrestled at TLC last month, and Sasha retains. I thought, you know, I've actually been like a pretty good fan, big fan of this feud. I think both of them have done a nice job. I think Carmella is like every time out pretty much like she looks like she's improved 
Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of what they're doing with the character. She's better in the ring, I think, th- than people give her credit for usually. Mm-hmm. Although I did think that this match was a little sloppy. I didn't think it was as good as what they did at TLC. If you go back and listen to our TLC post show, I was pretty high on that match. This one, you know, like the first half of the match... It seemed like Carmella was worried that she was going to have a wardrobe malfunction for like the first several minutes. I don't know if anyone else <laughs> caught that. Uh, and that kind of took away from it a little bit. And then there was the, uh, the suicide. Miss Jim Ross on commentary. <laughs> the suicide dive to the to the outside where Ooh, she overshot oh, yeah, it. And that yeah, was that scary. Like yeah, well, She could it, either it, broke her arm or broke her neck. Well, you know what's... Um, <laughs> I, kinda, I liked... You know, I'm very glad, first of all, that she's okay. Yeah. At least I hope she's okay because I liked the reckless abandon she did it with. Because too many times when people do topes, they just do it so soft and they like land on their feet. Uh, very ironic, it came against Sasha Banks, who I think has you know one of the better topes in the entire WWE, men or women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, after that though, they they settled down and they had a good rest of the match. I thought so. She I thought TLC was uh, was a little bit better laid out match uh, but you know it was still like a and it was an entertaining watch i mean overall so i thought at this point in the show they were pretty much two for two yeah you know i'm going i've actually took notes on the show oh thank you yeah Profe- this I, is I a did professional podcast you know i don't get to do these that often anymore so i'm gonna come in and make my damn mark when i do a couple of things i wrote down um i thought sasha had a pretty good promo before the match um, and av- having not seen Carmella in probably a year, over a year to wrestling, way better than when she was doing her shtick with the alt-right wrestlers that she used to tag up with. Um, <laughs> and let's see what it's... Car- and the last thing I, I really wrote down was Carmella's submission doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it's hard if you... And this is because I'm an am- I was an amateur wrestler... You can't really with one if you're using one arm to hold yourself up. You can't really use anything to get leverage onto the person's neck. And that's just me nitpicking, but mm. overall, overall, I enjoyed it. Derek, you'll be happy to know that my wife was actually in the room when that match was on, and when she had the hold on, she looked up and she said, "That's her finisher. How does that work?" <laughs> so she noticed too. <laughs> what do you call a finish? We call one hell of a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, Colin. What did you What did you make of this one? It's weird because SmackDown has been so good, but then this feud, and even you could say this of the Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens feud to an extent, it's been pretty drawn out. Where this that this feud was kind of the couple weeks leading in TLC, and then they made it pretty clear that this match would happen, even though they didn't officially announce it till last week, I think. But I don't know. I I can. I'm on board with the fact that Carmella has moved a lot in the ring. I think this character has added a lot to her, I guess, kind of her, sh- I'm not, I don't want to say her shelf life. That sounds too permanent. I just mean it's it's refreshed her her character, her mm-hmm. career, WWE, if you will. Um, but the feud has been kind of stale where it's been, you know, you've got Reginald in there and the, all the champagne and all these things that is kind of just going kind of the same every week and i mean i like it I th- i'm with you you said that their match at tlc was a lot better and I, I would, i'd agree with that and i think that was kind of to this to this match's detriment where it largely felt like they were trying to do the same thing and they didn't really do much other than the the suicide or the tope to to differentiate it so i mean and i was then you know sasha made her tap out and it was over and then i was like all right i guess that's it which is good because I, I just said I, I got a little burnt out on it but um 
I don't know. I think this has been a good spot for Carmella. I think and kind of just kind of to summarize the whole feud, it was a good way to give Sasha somebody new and to give someone a chance to like Carmella to step up and re-energize herself. And I I was very down on the gimmick at first on this, this untouchable thing. And I think it has been kind of distinct in its own way. So I'm enjoying it more as she kind of finds her footing with it. Um, but I guess I will say because I enjoyed the TLC match more, this one did fall short. So I can't say that I, this the this was two for two in my eyes for for this show because I I came out of this this specific match feeling a little down on it. Okay, fair enough, Kyle. Yeah. So Colin has provided an excellent segue. He doesn't realize it, but he has <laughs> to what I wanted to talk about with this program. And also, he did a great job by mentioning the Owens Reigns feud, which we're going to get to later on. The drawn-out nature of both title programs are a direct result of the brand split. These are things that would not, the drawn-out nature I'm referring to, would not happen if we did not have a brand split, particularly um, when you look at the women's division. When you cut the women's division in half, you only have uh, you know, a, a pretty limited pool of contenders on both sides. And so you just can't burn through everybody you know, just by having different people lose every month. So, you know, you go back to that TLC match, which I think we're all in agreement over delivered. Remember how that match finished? It was a clean tap, just like this one. And like when it was over, there was really nothing from a fan perspective that says, okay, these two should wrestle again. It was very final the way Sasha won that match. And then WWE did the thing where, that they always do. You know, she, what she pin her in a tag match, if I remember Carmella. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was, it was, and you know, to set up the thing. Look, I, I think Reginald, the sommelier, is great. I hope Carmella <laughs> continues uh, to grow in the gimmick. It's not a bad gimmick, but it's, it's a match that was hard for me to get excited for, even though they did over deliver at the last pay per view because it, it felt like it didn't need to go on. You know, mm-hmm. Carmella had a good performance, but she lost clean as a sheet. And it was kind of weird that they, they, they did it again. They only doing it again because it's like, well, they wanted Sasha Banks to wrestle on this show, and we'll just go back to the well. So, um, you know, I think going in the match and w- was kind of hurt by that, that this you had the feeling, yeah, does this match really need to happen? And then, you know, I, I think Carmella was kind of uh, banged up after mm-hmm. the the uh, dive. Yeah. And she was really guarded. So you could tell that she was kind of, you know, like, you know, trying to get back into it. So, um, yeah, that's that. We did at least get the uh, the Sasha Banks Reginald match on SmackDown, which I thought that was, was pretty good. That was good in, in the build to this one. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, they got to move in a different direction now, and, and you know, I obviously think they they're will. going to with Bianca. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, two clean finishes. Um, yeah, you, you can't go to three. So the women's Rumble match, Kyle. You were in our in our group text. You were very negative on this one. Uh, yeah. I also didn't think it was great. Uh, I did like the finish. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, I thought Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, I said this on the podcast a couple weeks ago, like that was the obvious direction. You got to go with one of those two, I thought. Um, and the only like I have a small criticism of how it ended. So I liked that Charlotte, Rhea and Bianca were the last three. I wanted to see Rhea Ripley like cleanly eliminate Charlotte. But we didn't really get that. I don't know why they didn't do that, because my my argument was that 
um, if you look at the two, so like Rhea Ripley, you could like start rehabbing her based on what they did last year. You know, they did her dirty mm-hmm. with all the booking. We've talked about it at length in the past. Everybody knows they screwed over Rhea Ripley last year. Didn't do it well. Triple H made the comments. It'll make sense eventually. Never made sense. <laughs> so you want to have Rhea Ripley, of course, you know, in yeah, eliminate Charlotte so that she kind of gets that revenge. And that's not really what happened. But I did like how she was in there at the end. And then you get down to to Rhea and Bianca. And I felt like, you know, they gave Rhea Ripley a good look in this match. People are going to take her seriously. She's still in NXT. So like, you don't have to have her win. When it got down to those two, it was, I felt like Bianca has to win. She's on the main roster right now. I think Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks is a freaking awesome match for WrestleMania and that they can build to that. Even though they're both faces, I said this on the program before, you know, Sasha always has that kind of heelish edge to her. So it'll Mm -hmm. work. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. I think Bianca Belair is like one of the top five most entertaining people on the in the entire company right now. And so for her to get that spot, I mean, definitely, definitely the right winner. Uh, how they got there before the final three, I'm sure there's some criticism to be had. I I didn't think the uh, the surprise entrants were were very good in this one. Jillian Hall, Kyle. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Good thing the boogeyman bit that mole off her. Yes. And you know, it's funny as you mentioned that is I, I told my wife the whole story of Jillian Hall. And when I said she had this growth on her face and then someone bit it off, this was, I'm not kidding. Her reaction was just deadpan. Like what? Yeah. I'm like, it's just, <laughs> exactly. it's pro wrestling. That's what you yeah. have to leave. It. It's pro wrestling. Yeah. It's Vince. <laughs> We're going to have the boogeyman bite it off. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I'm not. Not gr- that wasn't too great. Also, it was kind of surprising, like how quickly Alexa Bliss was out, especially yeah, yeah. when they did the like the fiend after tease. all that build. Yeah, they did that. They did that tease where she was turning crazy, and then like, you know, was it Rhea threw her out? Yeah, Rhea yep. threw her out. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, I assume the lights are gonna go out and something crazy is gonna happen, and then yeah. like nothing happened. Nothing. What the hell was that? <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was very mad about that because I've been really enjoying what Alexa has been doing. And as you just said, to have it all just kind of do lead to nothing, at least in this match, you I think everyone was expecting something, some some fiend thing, some transformation, something, and just to have that that was very yeah. anticlimactic in my mind. And I do want to point, I think Kyle said that um the, the brand split comment about how you kind of you can't um cycle through all the contenders for the singles titles. And I think that was evident. Um, and this match as well in a different way, where by having Jillian Hall and I can't even think Mickey James is technically on the roster, but she has she hasn't been really utilized. There's several legends or Alicia Fox as well. We can talk about that. Um, that did kind of point to I can't even say a lack of depth, because if they they could have done even more NXT appearances, yes. although there's some room for commentary that uh, for people that don't watch NXT, that's also weird. But um I will say I really did enjoy. I'm very, very happy that Bianca won. I was very much rooting for her. I was very happy if she won. That was the absolute right choice. I'm very excited for a potential match between uh, Sasha and Bianca. That is a money match for WrestleMania. Very excited about it. Um, I'm, I definitely agree that it would have made all the sense in the world to have uh, Ray Ripley eliminate Charlotte. And I don't know why they didn't do that more decisively. But my, I think just the two big, big takeaways, actually three, Bianca winning, great. Uh, Ray Ripley hopefully will actually be on the main roster now. I think most people would agree that it's time, if not past time. Uh, and three, like, w- what are they doing with Alexa Bliss if, you know, if they're just kind of 
you know, you know, going to wash away everything that she has been doing. And it's such a, I mean, granted, it made, it made Rhea Ripley look good in a way to kind of have her outthink her, but it did not make Lex look good. And that, that's not a good look for someone that just beat the Raw Women's Champion two weeks ago. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I think, so Bliss was probably like my third pick outside of those top two. I would have thought she was. I think, was she, I think she was number three in the odds. I, yeah. That was reflected at the betting sites. Yeah. So, I mean, just I'm looking down the list here of everyone that was on there. Uh, Legends, you know, we've got Jillian Hall, Victoria, which was kind of cool to see Victoria. Um, Victoria was here in Waterloo, Iowa, uh, about a year and a half ago for the Mm. Tragos Nez Hall of Fame. And I know Ryan Huffman, who's in our chat, (laughs) uh, myself and Ryan Huffman enjoyed some beers with her at the hotel bar about a year and a half ago. She was very, very nice. So that was cool to see her. Okay, um, checks notes. Sure. Don't say anything bad about Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really cool to see Victoria out there. Um, who else did we have? Tori, Tori Wilson, Wilson yep. Alicia Fox, who's been mentioned. I think that's everybody from the past yep. that was on there. NXT wise, we had uh, Dakota <laughs> Kai. Big M- Double A cursed at the TV screen when Alicia Fox came out. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Dakota Kai, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, Santana Garrett, Tony Storm. Shotzi Blackheart. Those were the NXT that were they were on there. So Ember Moon as well, technically. Yep, yep I got her. First oh, okay. Moment. I'm sorry. Yep, I'm sorry. Ember Moon. So yeah, she's gone back to NXT. So we had six yeah, six NXT women in the match. I actually thought there might be more than that, to be honest with you. Oh. So how did you afforded it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, with it, all it, those it, legends. Yeah, with it is deep. I mean, you talk about deep. There has never been a company in the history of Maybe if you go back to the 90s over in Japan, but at least in the US, it's not even close to in terms of depth of female talent in one promotion. Like modern WWE just blows everyone away. Yeah. And to see the, you know, the 30 names in this, I, I don't think it was that reflective. You know, there were a lot of people saying, oh, WWE's got so much great talent and this match was reflective. And I, I, I was scratching my head at some of those remarks. Um, and quite frankly, I was scratching my head at some of the remarks after this match. I'll echo your guys' sentiment. Right person absolutely won. Uh, I think you had the right final three people in the match in terms of, you know, what we kind of talked about with Drew and Bill. You want there to be a a sense of, you know, I don't know what's going to happen here. Like, and you believe anyone can have a chance to win. I do agree with you as well. Rhea should have been the one to cleanly toss Charlotte by herself. And, and then I thought like the way that they like both helped each other back in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. No, no one's going to say this and I'm ready for the dirty diaper club, Ryan, get them ready to come after me. Send them my way. I thought that was absolutely abhorrent. I thought that was, I was, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Where they were on the, on the edge of the ring. And, and they're, they're, like, all right, they're like, all right, guys, let's go back in there and do it. What? That was bizarre. Why would you yeah. do that? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, there's a larger issue going on. And this is where I'm going to start getting hot. Um, because before the first three, I thought this match was honestly a contender for one of the worst Royal Rumbles of all time. Men's or women. Wow. I, I mean, I'm talking like. He said this bottom, like three or four times in our group text. Tonight. I'm talking like bottom four. <laughs> like the only ones I'm watching this and I'm and I, you know me, right. I'm always trying to place things, you know, historically. Yep. And I'm like, all right, 2015 was the dirt worst. Uh, and you know, was 90 that, that was go ahead. Was that when Roman, yeah, that was when they threw Brian out early inexplicably, okay. and you knew what yeah. was going to happen in the crowd shit on the match for 40 yeah. minutes. Yeah, you know, we were talking about that in the Zoom call I was on, and it's like, you did that in Philadelphia, like yeah. of all places, yeah, you, whatever. Anyway, continue your thoughts. Sorry, 93 was super boring, 
with Yokozuna. God, I know I'm going to check out the documentary they just put up, but it, it, the match structure is really bad. And 2012 with Sheamus. Those are like, to me, those three are by far the worst three from this. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, we've talked about the Rumble history on the show, Ryan. I'm going to go back to that. And, you know, Pat Patterson, who we just lost, um, you know, was so influential in putting together these early Rumbles. And we've been talking about some of the older ones. And I'd mentioned this before, it, you know, in, in terms of, Entertain me for 60 minutes. With older Rumbles, if you go back certainly into the 90s and into the early aughts, the Rumbles were more segmented, right? It would They were designed to get maybe three or four people over. They would be spotlighted at different points during the match. And you just don't really get that anymore. It's just sort of a stream of people with these eliminations that are oddly timed. I don't think like any of the eliminations got over to the degree. Like the camera freaking missed Bianca throwing out Bailey, which mm-hmm. is like inexcusable. Um, yeah. And for the record, 99.9% of these criticisms apply to the men's rumble too. Like, yeah. I, I just think that like the, they just come off as an afterthought. Like, and um, you know, sometimes I'm sitting there wondering, I'm like, God, how, I want to articulate how I feel about this match and I'm struggling. And luckily one of my favorite match reviewers out there on the internet, not to slight anybody else if you're not this guy, but I'm just going to bring him up because he happened uh, to articulate it much better than I did. Eric over at uh, Seguda Kaida was talking about this match and he didn't like it either. And I was pleased to see that. Um, and he brought up this great point and it applies to a lot of modern rumbles. Have you guys noticed the performers now? I don't, I don't know when this started. Last 10 years, we'll just use the term. They work the rumble like they work a normal match. They come in and do all their same moves that they would do, and they don't work it like a battle royal. Maybe I am being the biggest nitpick Nancy ever, but once I read him say that, once I you know read him read his writing, I was like, God, I, I, I that's what it is. It, and it just it doesn't it just feels like so inorganic. Like no people only get eliminated when it's like time to get eliminated, right? It's just like, oh, oh, and they're gone. Like there was no tease of it or anything like that. It's just not worked like a battle royal anymore at all. And I think that's bad. You know who one of the only people who was doing kind of the old spots and the teases of the eliminations was Edge. He was doing it throughout. Yes, yes, he was. You know? He absolutely was. And, and Brian, old school guy, yeah. <laughs> and Brian was, uh, to his credit, you know, when somebody would come in, he would show out for him. You know, he'd take he'd take some of their stuff and, and get some shine on the new person. But yeah, other than that, in both these matches, it was just like somebody just comes in, they're kind of in for a while, then they get tossed. I just think, you know, I've said it before, the Royal Rumbles are just not as good year to year since Pat Patterson stopped putting them together, which was a long time ago. And, and by the way, yeah. I was talking to Liam, uh, Ryan, and he said, because he, he found the Observer talking about 05, and Dave Meltzer, that is, said that that was actually the first Rumble Pat didn't put together, which shocked me because I always felt it was probably the last one he put together when you look at old, when you compare that to old Rumbles and new Rumbles. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hmm. I, I just, I, I feel that whoever puts these Rumbles together just, I mean, look, it, it's hard to fill Pat Patterson's shoes, but um, they just don't do as good a job. I will say last year, I thought, um, especially the men's rumble was really yes. good. Yes, where, yes, yeah. it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's weird that just one year later, uh, I would agree that I noticed, a lot, as you just said, a lot of the eliminations, and I guess this would mainly apply to the men's one, 
but the women's one as well. A lot of the eliminations didn't feel consequential. Uh, there didn't seem to be kind of a, as you just, as you mentioned earlier, you know, you, there's usually kind of a couple of different people that get spotlighted. There's more of a narrative, whereas this one was kind of a, just a stream. And I do think that was uh, definitely kind of a pretty glaring um, weakness of, of both battle royals this year. Yeah, we we raved about last year's. It might be the second best Rumble of all time. Uh, yeah, I, I really do. And yeah, let's let's clarify that. Um, yeah. You know, I said about oh, I don't want to paint every modern Rumble with one brush. I thought last year because they did try something unique with that mm -hmm. one. That the whole thing they did with Brock w was truly unique, and there was a story being told. You remember the first half. I can remember the people that came in, like you know Keith Lee came in and Brock did. Oh, that's a big boy. Thing. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> In two weeks, if you ask me, name something that happened in the first half of the men's 2020 Royal Rumble, I'm going to look at you just with a blank stare and say, I don't know, man. Well, last year's did everything you wanted it to do. You know, it was memorable, it was unique, and it made Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. that was the goal. I just like, you know, with this get, getting back to the women's, because that's what we're at. I just like, I just watched it a couple hours ago, and I kind of don't remember anything that happened before the final three. Like, anything like you know naomi did her spot now that she's inherited from kofi that's become so contrived mm -hmm. through the years i'm not a big fan of that anymore and, and to be it's not because it's naomi i was getting you know what i thought it jumped the shark with kofi because it was getting more and more contrived and he gets tossed two seconds after he gets back in the ring well that's a great way to get the spot over <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so you don't remember billy Kay being all annoying and stuff or anything like that billy Kay was pretty entertaining not that you like mentioned it yeah. but like all right, where did it lead? Who threw out Billy Kay? Uh, Billy Kay and Jillian got thrown out together, I believe. No? Maybe Shana or somebody like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even but, remember. Yeah, good, a good point. Yeah, a good point. Uh, <laughs> I've, got, uh, I've got it right here uh, in front of me. Um, thank you, F4W Online. Shout out Boom. To, shout out to Garrett. Uh, Billy Kay was thrown out by Liv Morgan. Oh, <laughs> it was probably during a camera cut. That's why we didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they were definitely off. Vince was probably yeah. having a coronary backstage. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't like when there's no eliminations early. That this is a that's yeah. a personal preference for me. And this match had like no early elimination. Yeah. Like the first eight people just came out, and nothing of consequence had really happened. And you know, props to I thought they kind of telegraphed Bianca was going long because like. God, you don't want to criticize, compare anyone to this person, but Chris redacted, like in the 2004 Royal Rumble, like we, we talked, we compared him to Flair, right? When we yeah. were talking old Rumbles, Ryan, how his performance cannot even compare to Flair in 92. Flair was the focus of that match, start to finish. Whereas, you know, Bianca, yeah, she was in a long time, but she didn't really do much for the first three quarters. She was just kind of in there. Mm hmm. You know, she was kind of like laying under the ropes for quite yeah, a while. Yeah. And yeah, just mm -hmm. out of it. Yeah and, yeah, and and that's not on her. I mean, that's just, I think, the way they teach them. Yeah, yeah. You know, going back to what you said about earliest, Jillian Hall came in at eighth and was the first eliminated, and I knew it was a while after she came in. Like, a few other wrestlers came in. Like, I think she was in the ring with Victoria, when Victoria came in and when Peyton Royce came in. So it was about 12, 13 people before someone was eliminated. And I, I agree with you there. You've got to get... You know, you need a couple of people getting shine early by making a couple of quick eliminations. Yeah, I mean, that would have been a great way to get Bianca over for her to be dominating the ring. I mean, she didn't have to do it just like Brock did. I mean, you right, don't want to rip right. something off a year later. But, uh, yeah, it was 
you know, I, there just was nothing going on. I mean, the match was half over with, and I think I texted you, Ryan. I said, this may be the worst opening half of any Rumble. I've yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just I was just bored. <laughs> and that's the worst thing you could say about a Rumble. Bored. Well, uh, Billy Kay did eliminate Jillian Hall, so she had that going for her. Ah, yes. Uh, I, where go. were you when that happened? Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm, I've got a hot take that I Uh-oh. know you guys are going to love for this match. I actually rather enjoyed the 24 seven champ stuff really i got it i got i I like i chuckled when i say i enjoyed it i I just got a laugh out of it and then i started thinking about it a little bit more and i may be getting too deep with this but no other women were worried about that 24 7 match because there was a bigger you know uh uh, thing they're trying to a bigger accomplishment going they're trying i think think you're giving this promotion yeah way too much maybe i'm getting you know I think but, I think no one else was told to get involved in that spot. That's what it was. Right, right. I think it was just like, I mean, well, this is for Alicia. You know, it's yeah. it's just deeper thinking that you know they kept their eye on the main prize, and that's to be able to point to the sign that everyone points at. <laughs> do, do they have the usual gang of goofs uh, who yes. are always chasing our truth? Is it me, or <laughs> do they oddly run? the same way every time like they almost have like their <laughs> run pattern I, i've never seen it it's like every time i see the run it looks like they're in the exact same positions like they've almost videotaped that exact group of people running once and they just replay it yeah well hey peter rosenberg is still the reigning oh, champion geez. can there that guy go. just please go run into a wall as fast as he can because I... <laughs> well that would be the title change yeah. or could he get or or could he get run over by a golf cart? What if Sam that Roberts transition? beats Peter Rosenberg? I, I do just, wanna... <laughs> you know what? That's that's the end of the universe. The universe will implode on itself if something stupid like that happens. And you just put it out there. You egg-sucking dog. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on uh, the women's rebel before we talk about the... The Bliss thing, you guys were spot on to build yeah. that up. I mean, and, and I, I have not been a big fan of uh, the, the, those two matches on Raw with Asuka, personally. Um, to build that up as a main event act, I mean, if you're dedicating the last segment of Raw to it, that's a, considered a big deal in canon. And to tease something and just have her toss like it's nothing, that's just not good booking. And that's coming from someone who really didn't want, you know, I certainly didn't want to see it like the fiend, like descend from the heavens or something hideous <laughs> like that. Yeah. I mean, it, like, I wasn't like, oh my God, no, we, we, you know, the Firefly Funhouse, we've been denied. Trust me, I wouldn't say that. I just yeah. think it's bad booking to like hey. build something up as important one week and treat it like, you know, yesterday's yeah. trash the next. And uh, Kyle, while you're on yeah. the subject of Lexa Bliss, a couple of weeks ago on the pod, and I love this comment. You said, "Oh, I did that for you." You, I, I loved. I, I, I went to my wife. I was like, "You got to hear what my buddy Kyle just said," and replayed it because that shit was spot on. I actually saw that firewall spot, and yep, Bill, Bill Dundee is trying to slap someone through their television for taking someone <laughs> doing a fireball like that. That yes. was just freaking yes, for, horrible. For, for those who missed it, I was not complimentary of the fireball <laughs> spot on Raw a couple weeks ago, and said they might as well have just brought Jerry Lawler out in the middle of the ring and urinated. I, <laughs> I, I popped on in that. the name of fireballs. By the way, Jerry Lawler, your boy, I, I'm not sure he needed to be brought back on commentary no, for this. I agree. I, you I know, agree. although they, at least they didn't do the normal thing they do with him in these rumbles when they're like, uh, Oh King, you'll really love so-and-so because <laughs> yeah, we know you don't watch, you know, I hate when they do that. You know, yeah. you'll love this guy's, this guy's fun King. You'll like him. You know, I think in the, during the men's rumble, 
I, I was on the zoom call, so I actually didn't hear the commentate and maybe that's why I was a little more entertained by it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Commentators just suck today in general. I think no one, none of them are any worth a damn, even Jim Ross. Well, you had Michael Cole talking about in, in the men's match. A number three was an awful spot, despite <laughs> Bianca Belair having <laughs> yeah. one from number yeah, that three. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody, I mean yeah, somebody needed yeah. to, he, I mean, you should have been corrected. And yes, yeah, so I think, you know, just the state of the men's rumble could be summed up by the fact that at one point, Michael Cole was regaling us the fact with the fact that it was Giant Gonzalez's birthday. Yes. And oh, talking God. about his 1993 debut. Oh, and it was probably Mexican bizarre. beer at one point. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, that, oh that, yes. Yeah, people in the Zoom chat I was in were like, what the fuck is <laughs> yeah, going on here? That was bad. All right. Roman Reigns and KO. So these two have worked title match at the Rumble before. Four years ago in 2017, had a very, very good match that year. Um, this one had issues. I thought overall it was a good, it was pretty dang entertaining match, but everyone's going to remember the mishaps. You know, I think that, um, I don't know what you guys thought, but the thing they did backstage with the golf cart was was hilarious. I I just started laughing immediately. Um, KO took that, that, uh, the fall off the Thunderdome. that was like almost the exact same the way they did on SmackDown a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's at the stage that they go backstage after that. Um, obviously when he did the, the senton off the forklift, that was quite the visual. That was pretty cool too. Pause right there. Pause right there. Yeah. You have a forklift there and the point of the match (laughs) is to keep someone from standing up. You steal the finish That's what I thought was coming. The rock. (laughs) That's what I thought was going to happen. Do it again. You know, let him try. And that was the only point. That was the only point during this match where I thought maybe Owens was actually going to win. Right. That was the only point where I thought, oh, if they actually want to have Owens win, like that's one way they could have an out as he, you know, puts the forklift over him. My good buddy uh, and for a split second. Yeah. And fan of the show, Chad, he used to be able to do the funniest impression of the rocks face from that half no. team yeah. match when he lost he would just do that like deadpan and he would just get me to laugh every time <laughs> no i mean but so overall you know we had the the handcuffs issue we had uh the second ref come out and just start counting and then stop counting uh so there was like there's and- issues at the end and then i think kyle you weren't really a fan of the finish either with the i i liked see it's funny what you just said oh i didn't buy owens good when he had reigns handcuffed I thought yeah. for, I was like, how are they going to get out of this? So I actually thought the ref bump was kind of cool. You know, ref bumps usually are pretty lazy and cheap, but yeah. I, I thought it worked there because I yeah. was like, you know, you, you go and talk about emotionally investing in the result. When he's sitting there chain, I'm like, okay, Savage Crush from WrestleMania 10 isn't exactly the match I would look to for stealing finishes, yeah. but okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I'm like, I, my God, I think they're going to do the thing and actually put on Owens and, you know, they found a way out of it. So that was at least uh, dramatic. I'll say that. I'll, I'll agree with you. I thought that too, th- there too. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, yeah, I think that's, that's the one moment that I really thought they actually might do the title change. Cause for a second, I, it didn't seem like they had a way out. So then I'm, I'm with you. I thought the ref bump worked where, um, I didn't see it coming. Like, obviously, we know Roman Reigns is the kind of heel that would do anything to win. Uh, but I didn't necessarily think he'd do that. And then, I did find it weird how Paul Heyman happened to have the supposedly the key to handcuffs that weren't his. Yeah. Uh, as as you said, Ryan, I think most people, myself included, will remember some of these mishaps. Um, even though there were really just as many good things. I, I like the golf cart spot. I like the Senton. 
um off the floor cliff that like those that was pretty cool and i was pretty like i said earlier about the sasha banks camilla thing i was kind of down on this even though they brought me back on smackdown this week with a really great promo segment uh this story really has been largely the same for you know call it over a month now and so you know i'm, I'm glad that uh you know they did something both before the match on smackdown and this match here um to actually uh you know they delivered and uh, that was never in question but i really i don't know i uh, the ending did did kind of ruin it for me because I, I had been really enjoying it and then when you had the the referee uh, mess up the count the weird thing with the handcuffs and then just to kind of have range choke him out yeah that was, you know, that was anticlimactic exactly exactly you know, and the WWE's budget must be pretty bad if they can't sacrifice a pair of fucking handcuffs and just get some bolt cutters out there real quick. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do we like last man standing matches? You know, I do. I've I've always enjoyed them if they're done right. And yeah. you know, um, I don't know. You know, don't send the referee out if you know those handcuffs have to be undone. Wait until it's undone easily, and that makes a little. And I didn't like the choke out finish either. Yeah. I just think sometimes they're just worked, maybe not in the most enthralling way. It's just like big spot. Let's wait for the guy to count up. You know, I, I was trying to think of, you know, last man standing matches in this promotion that I've liked. Triple H Jericho certainly comes to mind. Fully loaded. Of course, the wrong person won, but, you know, we just have to deal with that. It's, <laughs> when it's Hunter, what are you going to do? Oh, was I hot? Can you imagine if we would have done a fully loaded 2000 <laughs> yes. podcast on this show? Oh, oh that would have been hot great. At that finish. Oh, hey, was I it's hot, hey. so hot at that finish. I'd nominate myself to come on Top Rope Nation Classic and do that. Yes. With you. Oh my God. I can't believe they put Triple H over to that day match. Uh, and I, I thought Cena Wyatt uh, in 2014, that was a good one too. I think it was mm. Battleground. It was the same one that uh, uh, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan had that banger against the Usos that I know a lot of people have been talking about. Um, comparing matches, I don't know if this was as good as the Alberto Del Rio Big Show last man standing match from Royal Rumble's years past. I can't remember what year it was. Maybe it was 2000. 13, I want to say. I, I don't know if this was as good as that. I, and I don't think it was as good as the other Roman uh, Owens match you mentioned either. No, not, not close. Not nearly uh, as good as that From one. 2017. You know, but Colin brought it back. And let's keep the focus on the athletes here. Because there's a big picture thing, Ryan. I've seen you arguing on social media. that I, I, I was almost drawn into it. I, I think you wanted me to be drawn into it personally. When you invited me into that, in that oh yes, room. I know what this is. I saw about. You, I saw you arguing about it because you made an appearance uh, over on Garrett Show, uh, yeah. Game Media, and I know you presented something that we had talked about. You got jumped on, and I want to talk about it on this show. The idea that maybe Owen should have won on Christmas, the yes. title. Uh huh. Um, Colin talked about you know that this feud it seems to be dragged out, product of the brand split because you don't want to go through too many contenders. So. I brought that idea up on this show, the idea that maybe Owen should have gone over on Christmas because, and I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say, I don't think Reigns is going to lose at WrestleMania, no matter who he wrestles. Yeah, probably not. I don't think okay. so. Okay. I do not like long-term heel champions. I think it's worked like twice, ever. <laughs> uh, and it, neither time was in this promotion. It depends what you wanted to find as long-term. But I think it gets real boring. Mm -hmm. And... I think if you just have Roman Reigns just dominate your entire babyface roster, as great as Roman is, and he is great in this role, make no mistake about it. I, I binged the SmackDowns leading up to the show and actually was quite excited for the show because, I mean, his character work is just second to none. 
in those opening promos he does. I mean, he's just tremendous. The Happy New Year, the insincerity of that promo he did. Oh, I was in tears. It was just great <laughs> stuff. But um, I just think that like beating a baby face three straight title matches is just awful booking. It's kind of what I was getting to in that uh, that yeah. argument you referenced in social yeah, media. It, it's yeah, just, it, it's just not what I would do. And I, I think in terms of just making things, you know, I talked about, you know, you guys had mentioned it too, your own personal feelings on Bill and Drew. There was an emotional investment in the result. There was a sense of doubt during that match. Nobody bought Kevin Owens was going to win this match. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. As good as the character work has been from both guys, if no one buys a challenger as having a chance of winning, I don't know why you're doing the title program. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought I had that thought on... Um... I think it was Friday with SmackDown because they had Kevin gave a great promo and he he brought me back emotionally where I was like, okay, you know, now I'm invested. But at the same time, I think he literally said something like, there's nothing you can do that's going to keep me down. And I'm like, and I thought that's what you said at TLC. And, and then you had Jay Uso coming out and I was fully expecting maybe maybe a Jimmy Uso tonight, maybe maybe Apollo Crews, because they kind of teased out a couple weeks to go something, that he'd have another trick up his sleeve. And granted, he wound up having Paul Heyman in the handcuffs. But, you know, the, there's no reason, there was no reason to doubt that Riggins would win tonight. There was no, there's nothing to uh, lead you to believe that Owens had a chance, because, like, other than the he got one night over on, on Reigns, I think, two weeks ago when he powerbombed him, um, nothing it's this has largely been a story of reigns dominating him every turn or at the very least finding a way to win it every turn and that's that is i'm entirely with you there's there's only so much investment that i can feel when when that when that's the story i i do think that it's pretty lackluster boring just to kind of throw out the same match three times in a row like that yeah, and by 2021 standards, you've got to do more for your baby face than what they did in terms of protection and the loss than what they did for Owens. Like to me, like where does Kevin Owens go from here? What do you do? Like if Kevin, if this was like, you know, 1984 and Owens was leaving the territory, well then who cares? Okay, that's fine. You know, you got to, you, you put your badass in, but you know damn well Kevin Owens could be around for a while. Kevin mm-hmm. Owens is a very talented performer. Let's not, you know, make any mistake about it. But I don't know what you do with him. Like, what's his redemption? Is he just yeah. a guy who gets shunted down to the upper mid card because he couldn't beat Roman Reigns? I mean, is he going to have any revenge? Is he going to find a partner to, you know, maybe take on like the Usos at WrestleMania? I, I just don't know where you go from here. And it's just not a rewarding story for the fan, in my opinion. Now, if, you know, and, and with Roman long term, again, if he's just beating people every time, that's going to get old. Yeah, that's what I was getting at in, the, in this argument you're talking about because, um, like, I don't know what what Kevin Owens walks away from this with. You know, like, how has his stock improved? And you thought like going in, oh, they'll have three good matches, but like, what does that know, mean? Who cares? Yeah. I, and this one was uh, was the worst of the three, I would say. Um, yes. Not that it was like bad, bad, but like the other two, especially you know the cage match TLC, I thought they were much better matches. And the point that I had raised in this discussion that Kyle's referencing is, and Kyle sold me on this too a little bit on the podcast, was like, all right, if you're going to have KO win one of the matches, the cage match would have been perfect because he could have won by escape. So, because the person I was talking with was talking about, oh, like, oh, you know, Reigns is this dominant champion. You can't beat him. And it's like, but he's a heel. You know, like, you can beat him. And yes, like, 
probably Owens then drops it back here at the Rumble and and Reigns dominates there. And then people would say, well, what's the point then? Well, the point is in a few months, Kevin Owens can always goes back and, you know, say, I beat you for the title. Remember that? And the mm-hmm. fans will all remember it, too, because it was the most watched SmackDown in a long, long time. So and it I just mean, makes for more exciting television that there was yeah. a title change and nobody would have expected it. Yeah, I don't think Roman would have been hurt at all by it. I don't buy that no. that would have hurt his great run he's on right now. He would have got it back. He's his the great character work would have continued. Again, he's a heel. You know, heels gotta like get their come up once in a while. And I yes. felt like I felt like Owens through the work in this feud had kind of earned the right to get one victory in the three matches. Christmas was like, I think the perfect time when you look back at it now to do it just because of the match type and because of the audience, because it was on the holiday. I think that just would have been the time to do it. And you look at potential reigns challengers down the line, who has a better argument than Owens to get a cup of coffee title run. I'm not sure if there is one. Yeah. Like, I mean, is edge a better cup of coffee title holder than Kevin Owens is Daniel Bryan. I don't know. I feel like edge and Bryan, you know, We've seen them at their peak before. I don't mm-hmm. know if we've seen Kevin Owens quite at his peak yet. And I, and I think he he should have been rewarded. And it, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I got a horrible cramp, by the way, if you're wondering about that reaction. Like, it was just awful. Oh, my well, God. Well, you I, know. I, I thought OJ, I thought OJ Simpson had crawled under the bar here and stabbed my Jesus. leg or something like that. You know, the last time I could think of Kevin Owens. He got Owens, vaccinated, by the way. The last yeah. time I could think of Kevin Owens close to peaking on a title run, it was ruined by some man named Bill Goldberg. Yes. It, yeah, it well, was done. In a, it was done in a banana peel finish. But, but again, here's the thing, because like, so yeah, he wins the title for like a month. He drops it back to Roman. Roman goes off and does his thing, but you get to like the summertime and Owens can, again, he can reference, Hey, I beat you. And they can like heat it up again and they could do something memorable. But like now, how do you go back to that? Hey, I want a title shot, even though you kicked my ass three times. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I guess the Christmas match was a cheap win for, for Reigns, but still like, no, it doesn't matter. He lost but in 2020. Times. Like I've said in 2021 standards, he was not protected enough to the degree that people no. will feel that like, and, Oh, Kevin Owens was wrong. He deserves one more shot. I think people are, are just going to be like, yeah, yeah, he lost. Mm-hmm. And from what you're saying, Ryan, you know, you could keep him involved and you know, the Usos keep jumping on him for, Hey, you know, you, you had that quick run, but my boy still won. You keep him involved with the program through auxiliary characters. Mm-hmm. And then when the time comes, like, yeah, beat your boys. I'm ready for you again. Yeah, exactly. With Roman, too, a loss does not hurt Roman Reigns. Get no. that to, okay. No, no, no. Let, let, you talk about building Roman Reigns. Motherfucker, if this guy ain't built yet, you better call the damn inspector. It's been a <laughs> long time they've been building this guy. Come oh, on, shit. man. You see this guy. I mean, nothing's going to hurt Roman Reigns if he loses one match and beats the guy back I just I don't know man I'm just I am not a big long-term heel champion I think other than like Ric Flair 85 to 87 and like Hollywood Hogan NWO Mm -hmm. I I I just don't think it's ever worked out well and even in both those cases didn't work out well for the promotion I don't know if you know this but uh, Jim (laughs) Jim Crockett promotions and WCW both went out of business shortly thereafter so I mean there you go I, I I just you know, there's a certain guy who really changed the dynamic with champions in this business, yeah. and you know who that is. Yeah. I, I really don't, so you'll have to tell me. You know, in the year two, before the year 2000, a very specific year I want to mention, you really didn't have heels holding the world title in the WWF slash E for long periods. I guess it was just WWF back then. Didn't happen. Heels mm-hmm. did not have long runs with that title, ever. For the first 16 years of Vince's national expansion, and somebody came along, and really, it's been pretty much all heels since then. I don't want to mention any names. 
no, mention it because I've seriously it'll be a three hour podcast if we get on that. Yeah. Just mention one name. <laughs> you is don't. it three initials? Is that what you're trying to say? It is. It okay, is. gotcha. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> all right, guys, it's getting late. We got to wrap Oops. this. <laughs> um, I mean, we already covered the rumble kind of at the top of the show. Is there anything that we didn't get to in the rumble that anyone had in your notes that you wanted to reference? Um, I mean, we talked about Edge's victory. We talked about Christian's return. Um, I don't know that we mentioned the surprise. I mean, I guess we mentioned Carlito, Damian Priest coming in from NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Damian Priest was the only NXT wrestler. Which it's was just worth pointing to, to me. It's worth pointing out that I think Kyle touched on it earlier that usually you want a Rumble match to build new people. And I think in the men's Rumble match, it's hard to point to anybody other than Damian Priest that could that could be described like that. Because when it comes when it came down to, I think Edge, Christian, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, and Braun Strowman, and then Randy Orton, of course, but. You know, all those guys are pretty established. They all, you know, didn't really stand to gain other than by from winning the match. They've, they're all made stars. Um, by having Damian Priest get a couple of good eliminations, he eliminated Kane, so that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> only mask you'll see him wearing. <laughs> that was hey, such hey, a oh, and while we're talking about Damian <laughs> Priest, I got to talk about that sell job of when he took a kick to the chest. That was Matt a good one. Riddle. Oh my yeah. God. That's such, that was a great sell. And, you <laughs> can't know, have Derek on this podcast without a Matt Riddle. Take. Well, there and I was going to say, I think he, I think he had an all right showing in the rumble. And, and one thing I would like, you know, I think I've heard Kyle mention this before in a podcast. Like there have been times in a Royal rumble where you also got matches set up for feuds that weren't title matches. Like, uh, I think the best example is uh, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle. The year they had their Mania match, yeah. and, you know, I'd like to see. You know, would that would that have helped the Rumble? Like, if we were to get somehow get like a Matt Riddle Daniel Bryan match, because they seem to have a couple of moments in this Rumble. I could see. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I was so upset when uh, Seth eliminated Daniel Bryan. They kind of teased that feud months ago at the draft when they but when they i guess seth got drafted over to smackdown i could definitely see that uh what happened tonight at the or let's say now last night at the rumble um kind of leading into a potential feud where dan could say like you robbed me of this chance to to make him wrestlemania and then he wants to do a feud there i think that'd be a pretty good kind of i guess consolation prize that for for the fans at least they really want to see dana bryan because those two guys you know two of the best wrestlers on the roster at this point i think that could that's one way to kind of boost the retrospective value of this rumble if you have a story like that play out in the month in the months to come yeah i don't know if that elimination you're right though they they could absolutely go that direction but the elimination didn't telegraph it and what is the issue here that when derek's like you know i wish they would like tease more stuff down the line what are, what are we going to go back to here, Ryan? That would require long term booking, booking, which they don't do. The <laughs> reason that, that ain't the reason that Angle and Michaels they were able to do that is because they knew they're look that that was decided on months in advance. I remember. I mean, that was that's why I was uh, we when we reviewed that show, Ryan. I, I kind of talked about when that eliminate that sequence happened. I was so fired up because I'd heard the rumors that they might do Angle and Michaels at WrestleMania that year, and that basically confirmed it. When, mm-hmm. when they did that so but you know they had a decision they were locked into it they went with it they're not locked into these mid-card matches at wrestlemania they don't have a no. damn clue what the mid-card matches are going to look like at wrestlemania yeah that's no, sad because i the rumble is a perfect tool to not only set up 
a couple of main event ma- a couple of title matches, but at least get you matches down the line too for mm-hmm. repercussions in the Rumble. And it's sad that it's not used that way anymore. Yeah, and, yeah, it you know just put one last bow on it. Both Rumbles, they're just it didn't feel like any of the eliminations were significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just sort of happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you have Charlotte laughing at hers. I'm not even gonna get into that. <laughs> we'll be here another hour. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> All right. Well, hey, this was a lot of fun. Um, Good show. Yeah, this was a strong show. Uh, Derek, you know, always a pleasure bringing you on the pod. Been on oh, many man. times before, but it's it's been a while. Derek, yeah. tell the tell the listeners where can they find you? What do you got going on? All right. So at Trope Nuts, S C H R O E P N U T S, I believe it's like right here or so yes. on your screen. It is. Um, also. Go out and follow at Rebooking Roles. We are the podcast that takes our favorite movies, TV shows, video games, whatever we want, and we recast them using professional wrestlers. Ryan Drossi's been on to help us start on our Game of Thrones recasting. We've done some of the MCU. We've done the Karate Kid movies. We just did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 and 2. We are doing Groundhog Day this week, on, and it's going to be released on Groundhog Day. So... It's a lot of fun. You know, it's just me and my buddy co-host Mike. Just we wanted to get back into podcasting, but I don't have the energy to do wrestling recaps. Not and you know, there's also better podcasts at it than I think me and Mike were. This one being way better than anything me and Mike produced. <laughs> You're too um, kind, Derek. But yeah, go out and follow that. You know, if you follow us on Twitter, give us some ideas for some recastings because me and Mike, we have a lot of fun doing it, and it's just something to Give it, get us out of this boredom of a pandemic as well. So, yeah, rebooking roles on Twitter. Colin, you were a great guest. We'll definitely have to have you back on. Tell the listeners where they can find you and uh, your work. Thank you very much, Ryan. I've been I've had a, a great time tonight. It's been I've definitely would hope to come back. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter if you wish at CT underscore twenty one ten. And otherwise, um, I host the SmackDown Double Down podcast and the Recap of Honor podcast, uh, a SmackDown and Mega Honor podcast, respect, respectively, for WrestleZone. Uh, and you can just check out my work over there. Awesome. Well, we will definitely have you back on, sir. You did a great job, and, and Derek, as I said, great as always, and. Kyle, the rain man of professional wrestling, as I like to call him. Thank you for joining us tonight. You know what? I'll be here whether you want me to be or not. (laughs) You know what I really want? I want an hour-long YouTube show of just Kyle playing with his hair. That's what I'll need in my life. (laughs) That would be great. Someone's got. I need to get. I need to get a cut. (laughs) Follow Kyle at TRP Kyle. Uh, by the way, you can find me at Ryan Drosty. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. The show is at Top Rope Nation. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook on Facebook.com. We do have a discussion group. Search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. Would love to have you in there. We have posts going up each and every day. Of course, we're on Patreon as well. The aforementioned bonus shows. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. You can find the link in the description box uh, here on YouTube or uh, in your favorite podcasting platform so with that said we will be back on friday with episode 194 this has been 193 so for kyle ross colin tessier Derek chappelle and i'm ryan drasty we'll catch you guys next time have a good week 